How's it going, folks? Thank you for stopping by KTR Castle Talk Radio, hosted by PSN Radio. And uh, I want to thank um, especially Angel for uh, producing this show. And like I said, tonight's show is a positive show. Uh, going to keep it light because, frankly, I'm burned out talking about politics and geopolitics. Uh, and today was a special day for me, as it was for, they say, 70 million other fathers in the U.S. It's called Father's Day. What I will say is, remember, a father must support, encourage, and focus their son. I have a son. If I had a daughter, I would say daughter, too. Work within the vision that they call dreams to realize them. Most importantly, love them at home or away. Your mentorship is valued. Now, I never had a father. I'm a bastard with my twin sister. We both were bastard children. Did not have a father. And, but my son did. And because of that, he did have a father. And with that being said, that's the end of my lecture on that part. Now, we're going to bounce into a little bit of the actual uh, Father's Day uh, history. It's pretty interesting, actually, when I started looking it up. And Mother's Day, believe it or not, was the inspiration for Father's Day. The Mother's Day we celebrate today had its origins in the peace and reconciliation campaigns of the post-Civil War era. During the 1860s, at the urging of activists, Anne Reeves Jarvis, <coughs> excuse me, one divided West Virginia town celebrated Mother's Work Days. That brought together the mothers of Confederate and Union soldiers. Now, did you know there are more than 70 million fathers in the United States? However, Mother's Day did not become a commercial holiday until 1908, when inspired by Jarvis's daughter, Anna Jarvis, who wanted to honor her own mother by making mother, Mother's Day a national holiday. The John Wanamaker Department Store in Philadelphia sponsored a service dedicated to mothers in its own auditorium. Thanks in large part to the association with retailers who saw great potential for profit in the holidays, Mother Day, Mother's Day caught on right away. In 1909, 45 states observed the day. And in 1914, President Woodrow Wilson, we'll talk about him another time, approved the resolution. It's one good thing he did, right? And that made the second Sunday in May a holiday in honor of that tender, gentle army of mothers of America, the mothers of America. That's a funny turn of phrase. The Marine Corps, we used to say that about busybody mothers who would call in to complain about something going on with their baby boy or girl. The, uh, the origins of Father's Day. The campaign to celebrate the nation's fathers did not meet with the same enthusiasm. Perhaps, as one florist explains, fathers haven't the same sentimental appeal that mothers have. That's pretty interesting. Think of that. That you look at it during that time, it, it's it's kind of humorous when you think about it because we all love our mothers. But as I told my son, you always respect and love your mother. I don't give a shit what you say to me, but you always better be respectful for her to her. And that that was something that I think held him in good stead. 
On July 5th, 1908, a West Virginia church sponsored the nation's first event explicitly to honor in honor of fathers a Sunday sermon in memory of three, 362 men who had died in the previous December's explosion excuse me at the Fairmont Coal Company mines in Monaga but it was a one-time commemoration and not an annual holiday the next year a Spokane Washington woman named Sonora Smart Dodd one of six children raised by a widower tried to establish an official equivalent to Mother's Day for male parents. She went to local churches, the YMCA, shopkeepers, and government officials to drum up support for her idea. She was successful. Washington State, Washington State, believe this or not, celebrated, celebrated the nation's first statewide Father's Day on June 19, 1910. Now you think about where Washington State, the home of the woke, just like Oregon, right? And, you know, the vilification of fathers and males. And look, they were the ones who started Father's Day. That's kind of interesting. I thought so. Uh, the man who inspired Father's Day was a single dad and a Civil War vet. Slowly, the holiday spread. In 1916, President Wilson, again, honored the day by using a telegraph signal to unfurl a flag in Spokane, Washington. When he pressed a button in Washington, D.C., and then in 1924, President Calvin Coolidge urged state governments to observe Father's Day. Kind of interesting, isn't it? You have two different presidents, you know, pushing it. Today, the day honoring fathers is celebrated in the United States on the third Sunday of June, Father's Day. Uh on Father's Day this year, it was to yesterday. Well, now yesterday, uh, on the 21st of June, and that's the third Sunday. In other countries, especially in Europe and Latin America, fathers are honored on St. Joseph's Day, a traditional Catholic holiday that falls on March 19th. Pretty interesting, isn't that? Father's Day controversy and commercialism. Many men, however, continued to disdain this day. As one historian writes, they scoffed at the holiday sentimental attempts to domesticate manliness with flowers and gift-giving, or they derided the proliferation of such holidays as commercial gimmicks, only to sell more products, often paid for by the father himself. Now you think about the, the, this is in time and era. You have to think about how this stuff was. During the 1920s and 30s, a movement arose to scrap Mother's Day and Father's Day altogether in favor of a single holiday, Parents' Day. Wow. You know what, folks? That sounds like it could have happened yesterday that the woke decided to try to make Parents' Day instead of Mothers and Fathers. Because, you know, fathers and fathers can have a, a baby and so can mothers and mothers. If we listen to them, and that would just be Parents' Day, but they're but they're wrong. It takes two separate sexes to make a baby. Every year on Mother's Day, pro-parent day, Parents' Day groups rallied in New York City. Wow, is that a recurring theme? 
The city Central Park, a public reminder, said Parents Day activist and radio performer Robert Spear, that both parents should be loved and respected together. Hmm. It's just rebranding, isn't it, folks? See a little bit of that going on now. Paradoxically, however, the Great Depression derailed this effort and combined to decommercialize the holiday. Struggling retailers and advertisers redoubled their efforts to make Father's Day a second Christmas. For men, promoting such goods as neckties, hats, socks, pipes, and tobacco. Golf clubs and other sporting goods and greeting cards. When World War II began, advertisers began to argue that celebrating Father's Day was a way to honor American troops and to support the war effort. By the end of the war, Father's Day may not have been a federal holiday, but it was a national institution. Pretty interesting, isn't it? That's going through World War II. It wasn't until 1972, in the middle of a hard-fought presidential re-election campaign, Richard Milhouse Nixon signed a proclamation making Father's Day a federal holiday. At last, today, economists estimate Americans spend more than $1 billion each year on Father's Day gifts. Now, I got that straight from uh, a search on Father's Day. And believe that or not, believe this or not, it was from the History Channel. And it was the best write-up I saw out of all of them. So if you want to check it out, just go to history.com, topics, holidays, father, or forward slash history.com forward slash topics, forward slash holidays, forward slash Father's Day. And you'll find, of course, www.http, you know, you know all that. Anyways, so now let's get into it. What is fatherhood? It's an interesting question, and it's different to a lot of people, I think. Uh, to somebody who never had a father, my father, quote-unquote surrogates, weren't really until I started working. And, you know... I guess you could say teachers mentored a little bit in high school and middle school or whatever. Um, Of course, you have uncles and, you know, that kind of thing, but they're not the same. You know, it's just not the same. It's not like you live with them. Um, But anyways, then in the military, you do live with dudes. And these, these dudes would mentor you. If you were a private, a PFC, Lance Corporal, whatever, uh, or you were a, uh, <coughs> excuse me, a corporal or a sergeant back in the eighties, they had mentoring. They wanted you to be able to take the next person above you's job. And that person wanted to teach you everything they knew. So by virtue of that, and me going into the military at 17, I basically discovered how to be a dude, you know, how to be a man. And I think that's something that I think the article hit spot on the head. That it was a uh, way to demasculate, emasculate men. And uh, that was what they thought back then. But I think um, that's what they're doing now. Especially with making kids go to colleges where, I mean, in all honesty, um, they're not they're not known right now for manly men. That's all I'll say. But there are men out there. Trust me. Um, I've worked with them overseas, and they'd be in the military, and I'd be doing something else. And these young men, 
show themselves to be fine, upstanding citizens. But I do not think you get that just from college alone. A professor is not somebody who I would think, unless you're going for a PhD and you really like what the professor is doing and you want to be just like him, I wouldn't say that most of them would be anybody I would want to emulate having gone through education after high school myself. Um, but I do know that the military dudes that I met, you know, you took the good and you discarded the bad cause every man. And I, and I also believe in mentoring as in this way, a man can't mentor a woman or, you know, a lady and a, a lady can, but men can't, it's just a mismatch. Uh, there, there's really no way to do that, but there, uh, there's always friendship and kinship and brotherhood, sisterhood kind of thing. But the mentor mentee relationship cannot exist in my opinion and, and my mentors opinions. And so that, that held me in good stead. And also, you know, it's just, there's just lots of problems that can come from that. I don't want to get into it at this point. So now we go to that part. In yeah. Star Wars though, he had his own, uh, Padawan. Sagatono. Who did what now? Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars had a, a female Padawan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, that's a cartoon <laughs> one, right? Well, she's going to be in live action on The Mandalorian next season. Oh, well, that's cool. But, yeah, yeah. no, I'm saying, uh, yeah, that's that's sci-fi. That's fantasy. So, <laughs> you that's, know. A, that's a joke. Anakin... <laughs> I know, I know, but the, you just don't want to risk the he and she and that makes emotion come in, and it's just not right. Uh, anyways, um, that was my point to it. I didn't really want to get into that, but since you brought up Star Wars, I, I, I'm game. I'll, I'll bite on that all day long. I love Star Wars. Um, so does my son, by the way. <laughs> so here, here's the funny point. So then the birth experience... It's totally different for a man and a woman. And it's done by design. When I talk to people, I tell them, before my son was born, and I used to joke with my wife, even though we were taking Lamaze, I joked with her saying, oh, I'll be outside smoking cigarettes. And when you have Max, our son, uh, I'll just uh, come in and it'll be all good that way. And then I was telling some guy at work about that. I was a union iron worker. And uh, one of the iron workers I was working with looked over at me and said, are you shitting me? He goes, you have to go. He, he'd done, from talking to him, he'd done just about every drug on the planet from what he said. And he goes, it's the best high you'll ever have. And I said, wow, I got to check this out. <laughs> and uh, so anyways, I stayed in for the birth. And there's something I noticed at the moment of him taking his first breath. Um, when he first came out, he was blue. I thought he, oh, I, I'd gotten away so my wife couldn't see him. I was afraid she would freak out. And, uh, they quick put him in the, uh, little, not incubator, but there's like a heat lamp in the birthing room. And they took this little squeezy thing and cleared his nose and his mouth. And he started crying. And, uh, I was like, ah. Oh. And then all these switches in my brain, I can't describe it any other way, but it is like a high. 
you, you knew they flipped, and it's like, oh shit, I have a huh? I thought you were about to say something, brother. What's up? No, I'm muted, bro. I haven't said anything. You hear me? Oh, I, I could have sworn. I, yeah, I, 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 I sounded like you said, and uh, and I was like, well, okay. Um, so, anyways, they did that. I felt those switches go, and it and it's like, oh shit, this is my responsibility now. And uh, and there other other switches in my wife's brain flipped too. And there's the nurture, and there's you know the provider kind of thing. It's I can't describe it any other way. But something flipped on both of us, and it was really amazing. So I will say to any of you potential or soon to be fathers, if you're thinking about not going in the birthing room, do it. It is the biggest high and the best feeling you ever feel in your life. And it's all natural. And you did it. As the doctor said, you can't keep putting deposits in and not expect to take a withdrawal. So uh, that's just a little doctor humor for a patient or, you know, father of the patient in that example. Um, so then as he grows up, it's interesting watching a little person's mind progress. We were talking about it earlier. Um, we went through a time where he just, he never really crawled. He went, he, well, not, not crawl. He never really, uh, went to the toddler stage. He went from crawling to walking around and holding on to things I guess our houses at that time are our apartments. We didn't have own our house yet. Um, was so small that he could just maneuver by <laughs> grabbing onto shit and steadying himself. It was pretty amazing. And then, you know, he, he took his time to talk. He didn't really have much to say. And then when he did have something to say, he had already started watching uh, dinosaur movies and whatnot. And he was just loving dinosaurs. That was his thing. And then um, he started liking um, Thomas the Tank Engine. So you watch all these different parts of their life as they go through. And it's a really fascinating exercise when you think about it. And you have to encourage it and stuff. But then you start seeing talents come out. With my son, he always wanted to draw. Now, every parent says their son's the greatest drawer. No, it was scribbling back then and stuff. But about the time he was nine, he was actually making stuff that looked decent. And that was with crayons. It wasn't perfect, but it was decent. And, uh, right now he takes, he's in the Marine Corps, but he takes commissions from people to draw things. He's that good. Uh, he just, my wife, she doesn't do uh, any kind of drawing or anything, but she's real good at, you know, arranging whatever. And she does this stuff where she makes scrapbooks and stuff like that. Really lovely stuff. Shoot, I only got one talent. And I don't think most people think of it as art. But the interesting part is being a father, you notice these things and, and the ways, and you also, it, 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 especially if you have a son and you're a father, 
I think with a daughter, I, I can't speak to that because I didn't have one. So, but I think you would probably see it in a different way, but I don't really know how you would see it. But you would see, oh, I did that when I was a kid. I remember doing that. And uh, I think that's a really special thing for a man is to watch their child grow. I think it's pretty cool. And um, so anyways, as, as this progresses during today, and I, this is funny, a comedian, uh, we went and saw a comedian, I don't know, before this COVID bullshit. And uh, he was just hilarious. And he's talking about Father's Day. What do they get you? They get you a, a tie. They get you a shirt. He goes, they might get you a lawnmower. They might get you this. They might get, but it always has to do with your work. He says, they always get you something for your work. And I, as a, as a heckler and a smart ass, I'm like, should I get a grill every year? And he goes, yeah, because they want you to cook. Spot on on that one. I was like, damn, that's funny as hell. And uh, so he, he just owned me when I heckled and said, oh, I get a barbecue grill. Oh, yeah, because they want you to cook. They want you to work. And that's kind of what it's supposed to be. And through that example, we want to see our children grow and be better than us. And we have to give them the tools that they need. And when I say tools, I mean literally tools. You know, a, a young man or a young woman should be taken, or a young lady, should be taken out and taught how to shoot by their daddy, uh, rifle, pistol, and shotgun, and become proficient in it just for their own defense. Uh, I also believe that uh, you need to keep them on the straight and narrow. If there were more fathers in homes, I don't think we'd have half of the issues we have in the U.S. I think that's something that is nightmarish about what happened in the 60s when uh, LBJ uh, did the silly thing where he did welfare reform and mandated that women couldn't be married to get it at that time, which broke up a lot of families, which probably desperately needed fathers. Um, and, you know, if the kid didn't go out and search for a mentor, didn't have the appropriate knowledge base as to what he needed or what he desired, but he, or it was a twisted desire and need, you know, I need new shoes. Well, okay, go work for him. You know, that, that's the normal way. But instead, I need new shoes. There was somebody who, uh, I'll never forget it, it was a few years back, maybe a year or two back, it was a couple years back, I think. Um, this uh, lady hears her uh, house being broke into, and she's got a baby girl, I believe it was a baby girl. And this guy comes in, and she just grabs her pistol and shoots him, shoots him dead. And the sister is on the news, and I remember watching it. And the sister said, he was only trying to get money for some new shoes. So he's going to break into somebody's house 
take her money to get new shoes. Where did those priorities go? Well, it came from a lack of fatherhood. And so there is something important that fathers give. And I, I'm, look, I'm no expert, folks, but I am the foremost expert on my own opinion. And in my opinion, because <coughs> I did not come up from lots of money. I grew up in a trailer park, but I knew what I wanted to do, and I knew it would be a struggle for me. And I took that chance, and, and you know, a father would have pushed me harder, but I took that chance and went away, went a certain way, and luckily I met good mentors. Now, imagine if I would have met shit mentors, people who wanted to convince me to do crimes or do this or do that. You know, I was probably influenceable. These are things that I don't think our society actually touches on or thinks about. You know, we become this Depeche Mode, fast fashion society and disposable culture. Where uh, if it doesn't work, we throw it away. You know, I understand abortion after a certain amount of, uh, within a certain amount of time. I think most people do. But when you're talking about aborting after birth or right before birth, we done got our priorities all fucked up. And that's just my thoughts on it. Did you have something you wanted to add there, Angel? Uh, Well, as far as abortion goes, um, I'm completely against abortion. I think every life counts and uh, who are we to take a life? Uh, and my theory has always been, uh, if you're you know old enough to uh, have sex, you're old enough to deal with the repercussions of what comes with that. Uh, the only exception I would make would be maybe in a, in a it would be dealing with something like inbreeding or you know a, a person who has been raped and they don't want to carry that child. Right. And even then. You could always say, well, if the child is healthy and, you know, why don't you put up for adoption? You know, adoption, there's, always pe- yeah. there's always people that are going to want to deal with, uh, the you know, having a baby. They, they're always looking for ways to have a child. And there's a lot of children in the world that need parents. But, you know what, I'd rather put, uh, you know, this child and give it a chance to just kill it. Because you never know, you might yep. be given a chance to the next uh, Elon Musk or Albert Einstein or somebody who might cure cancer or somebody like that. Uh, that's why I, I, you know, I'm supportive of, of the president when he says every baby it matters, every child matters, and uh, you know I'm, I'm against abortion. I'm pro-life, uh, and that's one of the things that really separates me from the uh, left and the Democratic Party is the fact that they're completely against it. I mean, they term abortion, and, uh, you know, abortions when you're eight, nine months in, that's murder, as far as I'm concerned. It and is They're murder. talking about that. Yeah, that they're is murder. That like, they're talking that about is. it like it's, you know, it's like nothing. Well, they were talking about the, the governor of Virginia, uh, Northam, was talking about we keep the baby comfortable, and if the parent decides that they don't want it, then, you know, we allow the baby to die. He said this. So yeah, that, that the, is the, the, we don't we allow think about think about this though we allow the baby to die. 
No, you, you yeah. murdered the baby. That's what happens. Let's be exactly. real with the language. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and that's my point. My point is the conception thing. Religiously, I understand it. Um, but if somebody takes a day after pill or something, that's, that is what it is. I don't want to see that criminalized. And to, uh, there's difference in, in arguments, you know, a couple weeks, uh, some people even push out to 12 weeks. I think that's too far, but, um, I think once a heartbeat's detected, it's a, it's murder. And that's my own opinion though. That doesn't, it's not angel's opinion. It's nobody else's opinion, but mine. I want to be very clear on that. And like you said, angel, you're very correct. If I would have had a kid out of wedlock, I made sure not to because of one reason, you know, I didn't want anybody to grow up without a father because I knew what it was like. See, when you know these things, that that creates a whole different dimension. And uh, you realize that life is sacred because, trust me, I'm, I guarantee you because I know both my aunts, they were probably pushing for my mother to have abortion for me and my twin sister. So, um, I just know how they are. So, yeah, I, I, I'm just telling you, there's a reason why I believe in this stuff. The other thing I'll say, it's kind of interesting to me. Um, as we, as we go along down this long and dusty highway, fatherhood is special because not only do you, you know, watch and help somebody grow up to be a contributing member to society, like Angel said. There is no reason why my son is as good with art as he is, drawing and painting and all that. I mean, phenomenal. And um, it just amazes me that somehow I contributed to that. I mean, his artistic skills I didn't contribute, but the DNA somehow did on both my, my myself and my wife's line and the joining of those two. So there's some interesting things when you talk about fatherhood that you can get real autistic or you can get real uh, Asperger on this. You know, you can spurg out and just try to figure out what caused it. Well, it's God. And you can never take the God away from it because when you have a baby, it's called procreation. That means you're allowed to create. You're co-creating by procreating. Because God's the one, just like Angel, you said this towards the end of your show. Uh, and this has always been my thoughts, too. They say the Big Bang Theory, this thing just happened from nothing. Well, scientifically, that's that's retarded. It can't happen that way. There has to be a catalyst. And that catalyst is God snapping his finger and says, let there be light. Boom. And it's on. And uh, I don't know your thoughts on that, but that's what I got from it because that's my the way I feel about it. That's uh, the, the, the way I described the Big Bang. And, you know, you want to get philosophical. You want to get scientific. 
Uh, I like merging the two and saying, you know what, if there is a universal God, first of all, he doesn't walk on two feet, probably. It's not even a he or a she or a male or female, or right. you want binary language you want to use. It's not fluid, it's not gay, it's not bisexual, it's not straight, it's not black, it's not human, it's not E.T., it's not a, a rodent. It's a universal cosmic being, and we have no clue what it looks like. But whatever it is, if the Bible interprets whatever it is that calls existence to happen, uh, the moment that the Bible says, God said, let there be light to me, it's always interpreted as, that's the moment of the Big Bang. That's when it all came I together. Agree. I agree, and he was the catalyst, or she, or it. But he does Big say, G. I, I, just am kind of, I like saying Big G. Yep, Big G. Okay, Big G, yeah. I like that. That's, I think I'm going to steal that from you from now on, brother. Uh, I'm going to start using that, that. Get, some of, <laughs> get some of that terminology from you. Uh, but, yeah, man, I mean, that's that's the whole thing. And it's really interesting to me how, especially now, when you look at what's going on now, we actually – Here's a, here's a funny thing. Generation Z, which is the generation that's about to go to college in a few years now. They're in high school. They may actually already have started going to college. I, I The way they switch the fucking dates on people for the different generations boggles my mind. I'm a Gen Xer. The point is, uh, they say that um, the baby boomers spoiled us. I don't, I never got spoiled, but whatever. I'm in my early 50s. My son, I didn't spoil him. I raised him the same way I got raised. And yet his generation, the millennials, there's, it's very rare to find one that's got their shit together. And, uh, no, I can't say very rare. It's harder to find in the city. So let me rephrase that. I don't know why, but it just seems to be harder to find people in the cities that have their shit together and don't understand why. Maybe it's because everybody lives so close together. Maybe it's lack of families, bad influences, or lack of fathers, bad influences. I don't know, but there's a lack of fathers even in my small town. Uh, but I have noticed that the younger of, of the kids, they look at these people like out in the Chaz with disdain. They're like, what the hell? And why? They, they look at them as fools. And when people say they, they don't believe America can ever be great again because of the next generation, I'm like, no. Generation following them. I think it's pretty clued in. It's like the 60s. You know, my mother didn't get wrapped up in that shit. And uh, a lot of people didn't. But just like now, the media hyped it. You know, the summer of 68, all that bullshit. The summer of love, that idiotic mayor in Portland said. It could be a summer of love. Oh, you mean... The women who had their tents broken into and got raped in the Chaz or the Chop. Yeah, that's class. Remember, that's the class. left now supports uh, good rape. So, 
Yeah, they don't, su- yeah. they don't support rapists from, you know, like accusing somebody on the Republican or somebody on the right or somebody who's not a, an extreme uh, member of uh, Black Lives Matter or an extreme member of Antifa or somebody in the alphabet. Okay. Those people, when they rape somebody, that's kill rape. Yeah, which boggles my mind. It, it's no, <laughs> no different than Bill Clinton using Monica Lewinsky as a, as a human humidor for a cigar. Uh, it's pretty uh, disgusting. But, you know, Back hey, then, maybe, but her, now, not too bad. She's looking pretty good. She's aging well. I'll say that. She is aging well, but, you yeah. know, I'm just talking about, you know, using something she has to hum- make his cigar a little more humid. Yeah, no, Anyways, I got uh, Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go graphic with that. Uh, but, no, the point is you have people like Bill Clinton, who's probably my mother's age, who, who my mother passed when she was 60. Um he was probably my mother's age. And here you have somebody who was privileged at birth. And we they talk about privilege, right? Well, his mother was boffing. Um, what was his name? Senator. It'll come to me. I'm mind dumping his name right now. And he got a, he got a Rhodes Scholarship. And uh, that's why. And... Um, it just—it's it, sort of like the Forrest Gump part of the movie where the mother wants him to go to a regular school, and the principal pays a visit. You know what I'm saying? And that—that that doesn't make any sense in the modern world. But that was probably how a lot of that shit got done back then. And look at what a bag of shit he turned out to be. And yeah, we were blessed with. My mother was awesome. There, I will never have a hard word to say on her. And uh, she did everything she had to do without a high school education to raise me and my twin sister. So when people think, oh, well, you're anti-woman. No, I'm pro-woman because I know what a strong woman looks like. A weak woman looks like everybody that's out there yelling because Trump got elected or out there in the streets yelling about silliness. And, oh, I will say this, though, about this uh, new generation that's out there in the streets doing it. They did find the, COVID, uh, they did find the uh, cure for, for the Wuhan flu. It's called race riots. It's absolutely ridiculous. Anyways, let's get off that subject. I said I wouldn't get into this. Um, so, but, Father, you know, let's go back to, 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 uh, to just finish off on that. Um, it, well, it, it's funny you say that because, as you know, the uh, the riots and the looting and all that stuff that happened, uh, guess what that led to? Increased numbers in people sick and dying. Oh, I know. I know. Immediately. But see, that, but they job, are saying that, uh, but they're saying that Trump's Tulsa rally increased it. Figure that one out. How did that work? Yeah. 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 I, yeah, yeah. And and when the people were going out saying they wanted to go back to work, that was increasing it. But the well, rioters, they wanted to worship a church. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Evil villains. Yeah, they're terrible people. How do you want to worship your gods? Or get a haircut. Yeah, or that. Yeah. 
It was just nuts. Everything they did was nuts. People lost their minds because they're, you know what? If you're that bad off, become the bubble boy. They make them now. You can buy them bubbles and you can walk around in them. You, you think I'm joking? I saw it. <laughs> Some woman was walking through a store and like a seven foot bubble. And as she walked, the bubble just ro- rolled as she was walking in it. And I was like, that's about as useless as tits on a boar hog. And uh, because it's not like she could shop, I don't know why she was even in a store in a bubble. It made no sense. And then there was some moron who went jogging and had a big-ass hoop, a six-foot hoop wrapped around him like a big clown skirt or something. And all I can see is that's attention-seeking. Somebody thinking that people are going to buy these things, so they're trying to rent-seek off of this little thing that happened. Look, it's worse than the flu. But the thing is, we fought... In the Civil War, we had an out two, we had an outbreak of smallpox, and in the First World War, they say this is what ended it. A lot of people believe this, and it's probably true historically. The Spanish flu. So this is not a new sensation. It's funny about that too. When did the uh, First World War end? About 110 years ago, right? Yeah. Well, a little less than 110. So uh, it would have been 103 years. Three, yeah, three, two, three, yeah. So it just makes you wonder, right? That this is how this is uh, going on right now. So anyways, let's get back to fatherhood. I guess we beat that dead horse more than I wanted to. Uh, My point is to get back to fatherhood. Uh, no problem, brother. <laughs> that was my fault. Um, I, I'm the one that went down that rabbit hole. The, you get what you get with with me. Uh, welcome to Kaiser's Castle, folks. <laughs> Anywho, the point is, uh, fatherhood is something to be celebrated. Uh, I was looking. There was one song that I found that's kind of close. We'll play that here in a second, but uh. They really, they had all these Father's Day songs and father songs, but they were all like, there was nothing that really came close to it, but this one kind of did, and you had that second one that I sent you? I sure do believe do. There we go. Let's roll with it. Brothers in Arms? No, the uh, second Thank one. you for uh, being a friend. A friend, yeah, that's Hey, and look what I had to do. I had to go all the way back into the groove uh, guard and find an old song to even equate something for a Father's Day kind of thing. And uh, it was good going back through the groove yard of that, but that's what I was saying. There's just sad that nobody's really put a thought-out song out for Father's Day. And if they have, feel free to leave it in the comments in any section where you see me in this show from PSN Radio, uh, all you have to do is tell me what your thoughts are. But the interesting thing is, like I said, I was able to teach my son how to shoot fish, 
do uh drive, do all the stuff that he had to do. And uh then he goes into the military. And that was all right. I knew he'd be successful. I didn't have any qualms with it. I also knew it would make him grow up a little bit. And it has, and he's achieved a lot of things. But these are personal achievements. I also helped him. I helped push being a former Eagle Scout. I helped push him to continue on and get his Eagle Scout. So this is the kind of things. Well, you're never a former Eagle Scout. It's just like being a former Marine. You're just former. You know, I'm not into Boy Scouts no more. But I'm still an Eagle Scout for life. Same thing. I'm not a Marine anymore. But I earned a title and I have it for life. Nobody can take it away. And, but those are personal achievements and I can't transfer that. I can't sell it. You can't buy it. You can't say you are if you're not. And these are the things that make a man. And it's not just some title that you give yourself. Just like a nickname. You don't get a nickname because you make it up. Somebody will make it up on you. And that's all right, folks. That's all right. So in in the end, my son is kind of my friend, but he also knows that he's my son. Um, but now he's also my brother. Uh, and a brother Marine. And because it's a brotherhood and a sisterhood, there's female Marines, folks. They're not just males. Same with female soldiers in the army and airmen and Navy personnel and Coast Guards men. So, you know, never get that twisted. Even when I was in, in the mid 80s, uh, from the army and then into the Marine Corps. We had females and uh, female MPs. And I was thankful we did because I didn't want to have to go frisking some female, you know, just have the female frisker, you know. That way I don't have to worry about some girl saying I, I grabbed something because you would have to write that up and it just becomes a whole big deal. So luckily we had females. And I'm thankful for that. Um, but yeah, there, there's something about knowing that everything that you've put your time in makes it worthwhile. And even if they fuck up, you still have to support them and help them work through it. And they will fuck and up. hopefully you can. Oh, yes, they will. Oh, yes, they will. I was fortunate I didn't fuck up much hard, and my son has not yet. And notice I always say yet, because it can happen to anybody. Same reason I, I don't believe in experts, because to be an expert means you know everything. Well, nobody knows everything. It's just like survival experts. How many times I've opened a paper up and somebody who's a survival quote unquote expert was found dead from dehydration, hypothermia, something stupid. And uh, it could happen to me. 
Same thing, firearms experts. They get shot dead sometimes. So I just don't believe in experts. Kadri, I think you have a caller who wants to join in and ask a question. Star Mountain, you're live on Kaiser's Talk Radio. How's it going, Star? I can't hear. Uh, Neither can I. Star, are you there? Star? Nope. Hmm. Well, no, I guess not. Well, too bad. Well, that's a bummer. Oh. Was that her? I have no idea. Uh, no, no, the thing started had a miscommunication. But you're, you're good. Go ahead, continue. Oh, no worries. So, anyways, with that, um, I've also learned that in this life, and I've transferred this to my son, sometimes your enemies, and I mean literal enemies, Iraqis, Afghanis, and also... Hello? Hello, is that Star? Yes, I'm so confused. How's it going? Well, you're coming through now. Oh, my God. Technology this day is going to kill me. Dag nabbit. I am so sorry. No worries. (laughs) Well, no, actually, it's going to help improve us, but I hate... I'm I'm kind of like horse and buggy and grinding herb in a, a what do you call it the the with the stone bowl and the stone miller thingy. Anyway, never mind. I'm a sorry. Mortar, a mortar, mortar and pestle. Yes, yes. Yes. Thank you so much. Hey, I'm old. No worries, star. So am I. I'm 52. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Well, um. Now I forgot what I was going to say. Anyway, carry on with your conversation. I'll catch up and uh, remember what I was going to comment upon. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Star. Uh, thank you, Star. You're mm. welcome. And keep going. Hey, oh. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, oh. I have a little message that I got kicked out from the call. Is that true? No. You're still no. there. We both hear you. Oh my God, Skype lied. Can you imagine? Uh, well, we're short on time. Uh, we have uh, we have uh, about five internet. minutes left. Can you imagine the internet doing something like that? Oh my! Like YouTube and Skype and Twitter and everything that's controlled by. Well, anyway, I'm not going to go there. So, how are you guys doing? Doing real good. Doing real good. <laughs> Yourself. Uh, I'm doing fine. All right. Did you have a comment about Father's Day? Because that was this topic we were talking about tonight. I'm just thinking, trying to refresh your memory. Uh, yes, I posted. Uh, I was trying to keep up with the conversation in the Skype chat. And let's see. Oh, I can't see. Anyway. Um, you got about a minute to start. I was going I was going to say, yes, uh, a wholesome family uh, that have uh, children that have two parents and uh, a family with one or more children are blessed. 
Oh yeah. But I if, agree. It's, if it's if it's single mother by whether she is a a grass or a sod widow, which means either by death or divorce, uh, depends on it all depends on the father. And sometimes it is better for the mother if the uh, man who has become the stepfather was never even there. Um, sometimes the father figure does more harm than good to the child or children. I would agree with that. Um, ben, Star, ben we have Carson. to move on. We have we have another show coming up in about two minutes. I gotta let you go, dear. Next time, uh, oh, next okay. week, call call earlier, sure, that we can talk longer. Okay. Nice talking with you, Star. Okay. Next time, uh, Ben Carson was raised by a single mother, and look where he is now. That's all I'm gonna a say. A brain surgeon. You. You're exactly yes, right. Indeed. God bless. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, All right. With that being said, that was a good call by Star. Uh, yep. Look forward to your guys' calls. We can call on the Kaiser's uh, talk radio at any time. And as I usually say, and the song will come up there in a second, uh, thank you for stopping by Kaiser's Castle, taking a seat on my big orange couch, grabbing yourself a coffee, tea, soda, or adult libation. And as I slowly raise the drawbridge, you can all meander on out. Of Kaiser's Castle. God bless. With that being said, shove out. Mm-hmm.